The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. of New York, New York. Not a pleasant Monday edition of New York, New York with yours truly, J.J. John Jastrzemski. And this was quite the humbling Sunday for both the New York Jets and the New York football Giants. And listen, both losses sucked. They were very different. There was a much different feel. It was a much different vibe to each particular game. But it does not get any worse from a Jets standpoint. I mean, am I right or am I wrong? You hold the New England Patriots to three points the entire game, basically. New England can do nothing on offense against the Jet defense. They can't protect Mac Jones. They get the ball on the north side of 50-yard line, and they stall out time and time and time again. You got Patricia getting booed out of Gillette Stadium with some of his asinine play calls. You have Nick Folk, who never misses field goals, period. Never has missed since he left the Jets against the Jets. And because of the crazy win, he misses two field goals. And yet, you lose the game in the most agonizing way imaginable on a punt return in which the ball should have been kicked out of bounds 
and it's taken to the house and it's a walk-off touchdown. That is an absolute kick in the groin. Every which way, that's a kick in the nuts. But as bad as that was, it's not the reason you lost the game. The reason you lost the game, it's very simple. Zach Wilson sucked. I don't want to hear it. Don't try to sugarcoat it. Don't try to spell it out to me any other way. He was embarrassing in this game. If you had C, C minus quarterback play, you win today and you win today comfortably. Wilson cannot throw from the pocket. The simple throws that we talk about that go back to last year was the major critique I had. It's the major critique that many others had of Zach Wilson. He couldn't make those throws. He's airmailing Braxton Berrios on a throw that I could make sit on a couch. I could make that throw from my couch right now to my window. And I am no athlete. The fact that I could sit here and say that when it comes to the Jet quarterback is basically all you need to know. He was pathetic today. He's not getting better. This is a major step back. Think about the two games they've played against the New England Patriots. Two losses, might I add. The Jet defense was good enough in both of those games to go and win. In fact, it was more than good enough. Defense was fantastic a couple weeks ago. They were even better today. They can't win because the quarterback can't make throws. And it's bad enough to go and play the way Zach Wilson looks for four quarters. You know what makes it even worse? The lack of accountability after the game. Oh, it's the, it's the win. That's why I'm airmailing screens. Give me a break. Mac Jones, who, by the way, is not any good, goes 21 to 28. He's completing passes. You can't complete a pass. The Jets had two yards of offense in the second half. Ghost, come on now. And then when he's asked after the game, hey, do you feel like you let the defense down? He responds with no. Come on, man. Read the room. It's New York City. What do you think? We're idiots? You can't pull that sort of shit here and think you're going to get away with it. You come across as an immature baby who doesn't get it. Not a leader of men. Not the guy I want to lead my team. Hell no. That's Bush League, man. That is absolute Bush League from Zach Wilson. You stink, and then after the game, you're going to act like a total jerk. Screw you. Screw you. That's what I'd be saying if I'm in that Jet locker room. If I'm Garrett Wilson, who is pissed off after the game. If I'm on the Jets. If I'm on that defense. Hey, man, we get it. You're 1-53. You got to be better. We make a mistake. We stand and face the music. Don't make excuses. So reality now for the Jets is a simple one. They're 6-4, and four, but in losing this game, instead of being in first place, getting ready for a Bears team that may not have Justin Fields on Sunday, you are now 6-4. and four. You're even with the Patriots. You're behind the Jet. You're behind the Miami Dolphins. You're behind the Buffalo Bills. And you're staring a very difficult schedule in the back half in the face. After Chicago, it's to Minnesota. It's to Buffalo. 
It's to Seattle. It's to Miami. And then you even throw in the Lions. Is that a giving up a game? I mean, listen, you'd expect them to win, but you saw what they did to the Giants today. Jacksonville, never know. Should win. Chicago should win. I was fairly confident with a win today, the Jets are going to be a playoff team. After this game, after what I saw from the quarterback, I can't say that. I would say it's a 35% chance that the Jets make the playoffs. I bet when the fan duads come out Monday or Tuesday, we talk about them Monday or Tuesday, the Jets will be at least plus 180, if not plus 200 to make the playoffs. The numbers and the folks over at FanDuel will back that up. So, brutal day for the Jets. Gut-wrenching. And you can make the argument they could have made a quarterback change. I knew they wouldn't. Off the Buffalo win, they weren't going to yank Zach Wilson out of this game when it's 3-3. Three to three. I just knew they weren't going to do it. You can make that case, though. You easily can make that case. Now, the other team in town. Their loss, not nearly as soul-crushing as what transpired at Gillette where the Patriots continue to win against the Jets. I mean, it will never end, for goodness sakes. But this was exactly the sort of game I feared from a Giants standpoint. First of all, the betting line told you that this game was not going to be a walk in the park. That the Giants were only a three-point favorite as a 7-2 and two team against the three and six Lions. Vegas knew this game was going to be tight. The Giants also are not a team that's built to play from behind. And we have been given our guy, Daniel Jones, all sorts of praise this year. We talked about it last week. He's probably going to be mad at me because I mentioned how he's done such a spectacular job. He's done such a spectacular job of taking care of the football. Well, in this game, he didn't. And to me, the game changed. Giants had a lead. Cano misses the extra point. He runs in the touchdown. You're all fired up. They're back in their own end. It's early in the second quarter. And the interception he throws that sets up the Lions' first touchdown completely changed the landscape of this game. It allowed the Lions to be the aggressor. It allowed the Lions to be the team that was dictating terms. And the Giants, let's be real, couldn't find their footing at all offensively. They lose Wendell Robinson, who's playing great. He's having his best game as a Giant. Nine catches for 100 yards. He goes down. Barkley, non-factor in this game. 15 carries for 22 yards. They just couldn't get Saquon Barkley going at all. His longest, his longest run was four yards, for goodness sakes. Daniel Jones, all year, take care of the football. Interception in the first half, killer. Turning point of the game, no other way around it. Throws another one in the second half. They're not built to play from behind. And then you factor in, and this is where the Giants should take some heat. I love Brian Dable. I'm a fan of Brian Dable. Why is Dory Jackson returning punts? He's the only legitimate corner you have on the team. And I get it. James, fumbling machine, you don't trust him. Get another punt returner. Like, that was playing with fire. The idea of Adoree Jackson being back, returning punts. Had a feeling sooner or later I'd come back to bite you in the ass. And it did because he got hurt in this game and he didn't return. Tough day for the Giants. Didn't play good defense. Quarterback turned the ball over. Couldn't run the ball. They let the Lions, who are the team that likes to get up and down the field, dictate the game. Williams runs for a bunch of touchdowns. 
Goff plays turnover free, and the Lions win 31 to 18. So you'd say on the surface, no big deal. Giants is seven and three, right? They're in good shape. Here's where I'd counter. The Washington Commanders, and I like the Texans today. Shame on me for that. It was my worst pick of the week. Not even close. Decent week. Not great. Not terrible. Kind of in the middle. But with them winning now and getting the six and five, Philly's at nine and one. Dallas is at seven and three. The Commanders are at six and five. The Commanders host the Falcons next week. That's a game you would expect them to win. The Giants now at Dallas, short week. Home commander, home eagle, at commander, at the Vikings on Christmas, home Indy, at Philly. That is a brutal down-the-stretch schedule for Big Boy. And this was kind of one of those wins you were banking in the road of getting to 10 wins. Well, I do think the NFC East is going to have three playoff teams. I'm still supremely confident in that. The problem is the Commanders could be the team to pass the Giants. It's not crazy. They play them twice. Those head-to-heads are going to determine whether or not the Giants are going to be a playoff team. I think that's what it boils down to. The Giant-Commander games, which you might have thought maybe a month ago were going to be easy. Worst-case scenario, going to be a split. Well, it better be a split with where the Giants stand right now. Because this schedule is about to get very, very challenging. And you're just wondering with this team. The loss against Seattle didn't look great against the lowly Houston Texans. Found a way, but didn't look great. And in this game now against Detroit, if reality is somewhat starting to set in. We know they're well coached. We know they're tough. Now we're going to find out how resilient they are. Because, I mean, on paper... This Dallas matchup seems like a nightmare for them. On paper. Doesn't mean anything. You got to play the games. Dallas is a much more talented team. A- a- anybody who's going to try to tell you otherwise is not paying attention. They are a much more talented team. So, it's a little crisis now for the Giants. We're going to learn a little bit about them. You're going to be a playoff team this year. You're going to have to earn it. But all in all, brutal Sunday. Jets, they rip your heart out. Giants, humbling. Humbling. Seven and three, but some warning signs, some caution ahead over the next few weeks. We're going to have one of my favorite people. He's one of the biggest Jeff fans I know. The great Mike Flegelman is going to join us. Uh, it's got to be the worst loss they've had against the Pats in a long, long time. I think it's worse than that Monday night game, especially considering what happened in the playoffs. I mean, they had a bad one with Sanchez, I want to say, in 2012 in the regular season. Like the Buffalo, when you get blown out, it's not that bad a loss. You don't lose much sleep over it. Game like this, game that's there for the taking, much different feel, much different vibe. So Fleegs is going to join us. We'll rip some voicemails. Larry will join us. Got you covered every which way. Monday, New York, New York. Mike Fleegelman, Jet Extraordinaire. He's up next. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
Some things never change. The Jets inventing ways to lose to the New England Patriots. They lose by 40 points. They lose on game-ending punt returns. I mean, now I think I can truly say I've seen it all. I welcome in my former producer, my old radio station. He is now a, a budding star at that radio station, might I add. Should be on the air more, but I don't run the place. I'm the wrong person to ask. But hey, that's a story for a different day. Mike Fliegelman, uh, how are you surviving? Uh, you've seen a lot of bad jet losses over the years. Let's start here. Where does this one rank? Yeah, I've been better. I don't know if this one is just because it's so fresh, but I mean, it feels like it's number one. I mean, I was talking to Stefan before we started it. it. This is worse than a blowout. In general, I think you have this philosophy too. If you get blown out, whatever, you were never in the game. So a close loss is always going to sting more. But for this, in this game, in this style, I mean, I haven't felt this way after a Jet game since probably the loss to the Steelers in the AFC Championship. Maybe the Bills 2015, Week 17, but whatever, that was a different team, a different vibe. Same reason I don't put their win against the Patriots that year up against the win against the Bills a couple weeks ago. This loss is just, this is an all-time crusher, especially when you couple it with what this team did against the Patriots less than a month ago, where they are, where they could have been. I mean, you and I were talking all all summer. The goal for this team was to be on the in the hunt graphic, right? And CBS showed that today at the end of the four o'clock games. And I am livid that the Jets are in the hunt because no, where they should have been today, at least for another week, was in first place in the AFCs. They wasted away an opportunity. They threw away this game. And really, I say they, this game is on one person and one person only. This game is on Zach Wilson. I am so disgusted with this quarterback right now. I have never felt this way about any Jet, maybe any player, any sport, any athlete at all, on the field, off the field, the way I feel about Zach Wilson right now. Wow, bold words. And let's let everybody understand something. Mike was very, very, very supportive of Sam Darnold in his tenure as Jet quarterback. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, early on, especially, I thought that when they drafted him, Sam Darnold had all the tools. Of course, it didn't so you're not. But I bring this up, though, Fleegs, because you are not one of these guys with quarterbacks that's looking to run him out of town, that's looking to jettison him after five or six or seven NFL starts. What makes this so discouraging to me about Zach Wilson, Mike, is the idea that he played against the Patriots a couple of weeks ago, stunk up the joint, and cost them the game. Let's call it what it is. He cost them the first game at MetLife Stadium. I know Joe Beningo will come on and tell me it was the Franklin Myers roughing the passer call. Sure, it was a game changer. But Zach Wilson was putrid in the game and was embarrassing in the second half. And in this game, if he could have just moved the ball a little bit, leagues, with the way the Patriots were calling plays, with the Patriots' inability to finish off a drive, the Jets go and win this game by double digits if they had just competent, decent, C-plus quarterback play. If they just had not the worst quarterback in the NFL, you know, I sat, I watched all the games, Jets and Giants and Red Zone at one, Red Zone and then Cowboys-Vikings, and they switched to the Steelers and the Bengals at four. Watching all the games, every single quarterback, not one, not Davis Mills, who stinks, any quarterback. They could have put in backup. They could have put in Mike White and won this game and gone back to Zach Wilson. And you're right, I'm somebody who wants to be patient with the young quarterbacks, especially with a guy like Zach Wilson, because he is so young. And I understand that. And maybe if it was just a play on the field, I could do that. But when you add in his comments off the field and the fact that we're having this same conversation against this same team less than a month later, maybe if you wanted to say in the first Patriots game, it was a combination of Zach Wilson and the John Franklin Myers penalty. Today, 
it's Zach Wilson and it's Zach Wilson alone. The rest of this Jets team showed up. I know they gave up the walk-off punt return. It's a play that can happen, but your defense gave up three points in this game. Your defense did everything possible to win this game. Even if the Patriots and Nick Folk hit those field goals, then the Patriots could have scored a max of nine points in this game. That's good enough by this defense. Defense was outstanding today. The rest of the offense, listen, the offensive line, injuries caught up to them. The right side of the offensive line, third string right guard, fifth string right tackle, it caught up to them. They couldn't run the ball. Even still, there are so many plays in this game where receivers are open and Zach Wilson just can't make easy throws. He has the screen pass to Berrios that he sells over his head. He does it to Mims where he sells it over his head. There was one drop. Denzel Mims had one bad drop early in this game. The rest of these plays, JJ, 9 for 22. When you go 9 for 22 for 77 yards, I'm sorry. Most, if not all of that, has to be on the quarterback. And I want to try to be patient with this kid, but he is getting worse. And he's showing you no accountability, refuses to accept responsibility. I can't get the sense that this kid is learning anything on the field, off the field. And with the way the rest of this team is responding and growing, I can't blame the coaching staff. I can't say this is on Robert Sala. I can't say this is on Michael Floor because the rest of this team, granted, it's sooner than anybody thought they'd be ready. The rest of this team is showing you that they're ready to compete. This quarterback is holding them back. And when he gets these layups in the post game, just say, you know, yeah, it's on you. Just take responsibility. That drives me nuts. I'm right there with you. It is so easy to say after the game, hey, guess what? I got to be better. I wasn't good enough. We'll learn from it. We'll grow from it. I'm not asking Zach Wilson after the game to give me a soliloquy and to write like a 10-page essay of how I'm going to be better. But like there are certain like obvious answers that you could just say that get everybody at least to say, all right, he understands this wasn't good enough. When he's basically like, oh, did you cost the team the game? Do you feel like you let the team, the defense down? And he's like, no, well, hold on a second, Zach, we'll watch the game. The defense played their ass off. You stunk. Hey, guess what? You did let the defense down. Come on, read the room. Right, listen, you let your team down. And the point is that even if you're the quarterback and you're not the reason your team lost, when they ask you that question, and again, I'm not blaming the coaches because I know the rest of the guys, they all go through media training. So everybody else on the team has learned this lesson. Every other quarterback in the league has learned this lesson. You talk to Daniel Jones every week. There are games where he is responsible for the Giants losing and games where he's not the problem. But what does he do after every single one of those? He says that he's responsible. He for the takes the blame, Mike, and, and you know it. He's coming on the show on Tuesday. He did not play particularly well. Had a terrible interception that changed this game against the Detroit Lions. Do you, do you think if I asked him the question about the defense? Well, listen, it doesn't exactly apply because the giant defense was terrible in the game. But if it was the similar script, he'd be like, yeah, man, it's on me. And that's what he said to me in Tennessee. And I'm not trying to just make everything about to be, oh, well, Daniel Jones does this and Zach Wilson does that. Because, listen, they're not Patrick Mahomes. They're not Josh Allen. We understand that. But you nailed it. There's a right way to handle screwing up and dealing with a crisis. And there's a wrong way to do it. What you saw from Zach Wilson today is that he doesn't get it. And the fact that he doesn't get it, combined with the fact that he's not getting better, that's my biggest problem with the Jets, dude. I love your defense. I love what I've seen from them. How could you not? They got stars galore. They got a pass rush. They got a secondary that's balling out. The team is growing. The quarterback is not. And I think that is going to be the dilemma. Personally, we're talking about with the Jets whenever this season comes to an end, playoffs or not. Where the team is going, where the quarterback is going, and when you cut bait. 
oh, listen, I'm at the point because the rest of this team is this good this quickly. And, you know, you hope the defense can do this again next year. You would say on paper they should be able to because it's a lot of younger guys, Sal and Ober coming into their own with this team. But you never have any guarantees. You don't know Quinn Williams, Sauce Garner, they're going to be healthy another entire year. Carl Lawson obviously missed all of last year. Anything can change. The way this team is on that accelerated timetable, I'm at the point, how do you not cut bait with this quarterback after this year unless he pulls some miracle out of his you-know-what and turns things around in the last seven games? Zach Wilson right now, with the Jets in the in the hunt, they're out of the playoff picture right now. Zach Wilson is the difference between this team being a playoff team. Forget about the division right now because I don't think they were going to win that anyway, even if they won against the Patriots today. He's the difference between them being a playoff team and on the outside looking in. That's on the quarterback, and there are no signs of progress. Not on the field, not off the field. Maybe you could live with one area being an issue if he was making up for it in the other. But right now, he's just not giving you anything. He's making this, I know it's a it's an unfortunate decision, but in my eyes, he's making this an easy decision for Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. He can't be the quarterback of this team next year. It's hard to even make a case for him being the quarterback the rest of this year. And if they well, have I was going to ask you about that. Like, okay. I would call so, for him. When you were watching this game today, was there ever a moment where you honestly believed they would pull him for Mike White? See, I never thought we'd get to that point as no, bad as he was. Did. Now, watching the game, Fleegs, and you and I are going through a bunch of different you know, text messages and whatnot, I think we both were of the mindset, yeah, this wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. But I can understand why the coaching staff wouldn't do it at six and three. You know, like they're six and three. They had the Buffalo win. It's a tight game. Let them figure it out. They probably, in hindsight, should have pulled them, but I get why they didn't. See, I don't because he was that bad and this game was too important. And what I would have done was in this game, pull him. And you know, I'm not a Mike White fan. I don't believe in all the Mike White hype, but in this game, he would have given you a better chance to win. Again, almost anybody on earth would have given you a better chance to win this game. Zach Wilson was that bad where if your starting quarterback is that bad and they're not a star, they should get pulled. And I would have done it. I would have won the game. And then I would have gone back to Zach Wilson next week against the Bears. No harm, no foul. I'm at the point with Zach Wilson, especially when you add in these postgame comments where I question if anybody will ever be able to get through to this guy. You know, he's complaining about the wind. The conditions were so tough. Matt Jones, who's not very good, was 23 for 27. Guys are able to complete passes in the wind. He's just making all these excuses somehow. Someone needs to be able to get through to Zach Wilson. Whatever this coaching staff is trying is not working. And I wonder if he needed the embarrassment of being pulled. Yeah, the team is six and three. Maybe they could have gone to seven and three and in first place for now. And you're the quarterback of that team and you got benched. I wonder if that's the kick in the ass that Zach Wilson needs because whatever they're trying right now, the coddling of him, it is not working. Can't fight you on that. And this game kills you because a win, you're 7-3, and three, you're in first place, and you don't have the 0-2 against New England. With a loss, you're 6-4. and four. New England now has beaten you twice. Cincinnati has beaten you. You come back to the pack in the division. You come back to the pack in the AFC. If they won this game, Fleeks, I was fairly confident the Jets were going to make the postseason. They were going to find their way to 10 wins. What would you put the percentages of this Jet team at 6-4, and four, terrific defense, good running game, terrible quarterback play, percentages they find a way to 10 after this brutal loss? Well, here's the problem. I think the percentages they can find their way to 10, I'd put that about 50-50, maybe even higher. 
problem is, if you're asking me the chances they make the playoffs, I'd probably only put that around 25% because they lost these tiebreakers to New England and it hurts their conference record, division record, everything. I think they're now in trouble. They could get to 10 wins and they could still be on the outside looking in because of tiebreakers. That's how important this game was to the Jets. Like that's, I don't know if they will realize it yet or if that's something that'll kind of hit them in the face at the end of the season. I think this game now puts them in a position where 10 wins doesn't even guarantee you a spot in the playoffs. Whereas if they won this game and then they took care of business in the three games, you know, we say they're supposed to win. And even if they lost every other game, they finished 10 and seven. I think with tiebreakers, they would have had a decent shot and they would have given themselves a chance to listen, go out and win one of those games. You're not supposed to. And you're definitely a playoff team because 11, they definitely would have been a playoff team. Now, even 10 wins. I don't know if it's going to be enough. Not in this, not at the AFC is maybe not as great as we thought it would be at the top. But there's still going to be good nine or so teams in that mix. And I think they're going to be one of the two teams on the outside. Okay. You'll leave me with this. You're a big Met Jet fan. What is more likely the week before Thanksgiving? The Jets will find their way to the postseason. Jacob DeGrom ends up in New York Met. What are you more confident in? And I think I know your answer after what happened today. I'm sure it influences things a little bit. But... Well, where are we, where are we on the Degrom confidence level? Is that higher than Jet playoff level? I assume so, right? It's definitely higher than Jet playoff level. And you know, I was never as lo- uh, low as maybe the rest of the public on the chances of Degrom returning. I think the last time we spoke, I said it was about fifty fifty. And if I had to lean one way, I think I would lean that he stays because you know, if the Braves aren't in the hunt for him, and it seems like with Rosenthal reporting, they're not going to pay the big money for him. I never got the sense, even though we've heard those rumors of DeGrom not liking New York, I never believed that Jacob DeGrom would go sign with a team like the Texas Rangers and play or risk playing non-competitive baseball. Well, that's what it would be. It'd be a full-fledged mercenary at that point. Now, yeah, they think I they're going to win, I though. never bought that. They do think they're going to win with Bochy and Seager and Simeon. But again, your chances of winning next year, Mike, are much better at City Field than they are down in Arlington next season. Let's be real. Much higher. And again, I think he liked Scherzer. I think he liked Buck. So I always believe that Steve Cohen, who said, like, just like how Steinbrenner said, and I believe Steve Cohen when he said, we're going to do everything we can to keep this guy. I think the Mets are going to make the right offer. And I think when it comes down to it, yeah, I think right now, Jacob DeGrom stays. So it, by default, it's better than the Jets' chances of making the playoffs. Right now, my thoughts with the Jets, as sick as this is, and I said before week one of this year, and I got a couple of Jets fans mad at me, that I said, I want to be wrong about Zach Wilson, but I think the Jets quarterback in 2023 is Derek Carr. Now, I'm wondering and just kind of imagining how the Jets can get their hands on Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo. I was going to say, Garoppolo like with all the Niner connections kid. makes a lot of sense, dude. Makes a, Now, the problem is you got to pay him, but the Jets are kind of set up in a way that they'd be able to do it because they have a young roster. All right, you got the cap space to go and pay the quarterback. It's not ideal. It's not perfect. If you had Cora Garoppolo on this team, they're a playoff team, please. They're a playoff team. No, they'd be more than a contender. I think they'd be a Super Bowl contender because of how watered down the rest of the league is and all the parity. Probably be tougher without Brees and AVT, but they'd be a definite playoff team. They'd be a lock for one of those you know, top five seeds, even if they weren't a division winner, top five in the AFC. The one thing I think this coaching staff has to watch out for is the frustration with the rest of the team not believing in the quarterback. You heard it from Garrett Wilson a little bit after the game. 
Obviously, we know about Elijah Moore and his issues with this quarterback. They think we're six and four. We should be at minimum seven and three, maybe eight and two. If the coaching staff is not careful with how they handle this quarterback, they could lose the rest of this team. And that's something that, I mean, it's bad right now for the Jets and Jets fans. It could get a lot worse. The rest of that team is ready. The coaching staff is going to have to find a way to keep them all together while possibly getting nothing from the quarterback. It's a sticky and dicey situation right now for the Jets. Mike, I promise you the next time you're on the podcast, you'll be in much better spirits. Because the last yeah, two listen, times I've had you on, Mets get eliminated. Jets Berlander. lose their like, worst game of the year. I, I promise you the next time I have you on the podcast, it'll be for uh, a, a much more joyous and happy occasion, okay? Listen, maybe it's just that we were at week 18 in Miami and my team is going home. Your team is going to the playoffs, but we enjoyed a day in this or a weekend in the South Beach Sun. That is right. You will be you will be down in South Florida. Uh, I see. That's where I hope it's not a joyous occasion for you because you know uh, that's what. Listen, my let it be for your team wins a division, my team gets in as a wild card. Maybe everybody can be happy. Fine, uh, sign me up for that right here, right now. That's great for the podcast. It's great for my bottom line. It's great for everybody. Mike Flegelman, my good friend. He's my old producer now. He's doing big things again. More airtime for what it's worth, but I don't run the radio station, so I'm the wrong person to ask. I got other fish to fry these days. Fleeks, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, always appreciate it. JJ, Stefan, all the love to both of you guys. Stefan, it'll get better one day for us Jets fans. Somehow, some way, it'll get better than this. Because you know why? It can't be any worse than what I saw today. As Jets fans, we can believe anything, but I also can't wrap my head around them losing that football game that way. So you guys have a great night. Thanks, JJ. I uh, appreciate it, Fleeks. We'll find out come... Wednesday or Thursday, where Beningo ranks this as far as an all-time jet loss. That'll be entertaining. That'll be worth the price of admission. This will be top five for him. I, I would assume so. I would assume so. We got some voicemails. The great Larry has some trivia. All that's coming up next. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can upgrade your home with up to $2,400 off select kitchen packages from top brands like Maytag. Enhance your kitchen with the exclusive Maytag French door refrigerator and fingerprint-resistant stainless steel only at the Home Depot. And with dual-power filtration on the Maytag Tall Tub dishwasher, you can skip soaking and scrubbing. Right now, get Memorial Day savings up to $2,400 off select kitchen packages at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Pricing valid May 16th through June 5th. U.S. only. See store online for details. All right, before we do voicemails, Stefan, who is my producer extraordinaire, is a diehard New York Jet fan. Um, I, I just got to do a wellness check, pal. Uh, are we doing all right right now? Are we hanging in? Like, we are now five plus hours removed from the punt return walk-off celebration by the New England Patriots. How's my guy doing? I'm still not doing good, Jay. I'm gonna keep it real with you, bro. I, I, it's 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 been a rough one, man. I, as I told you pre-production, um, I watched all of this at my cousin's uh, wedding ceremony today. So you're so multitasking. You have to watch this game as people are dancing, doing shout, doing the limbo, uh, jiving, so, so, doing the cha-cha slide. I'd be like, get out of my face. So it hadn't started yet, right? So we came okay. a little bit early. You know, my mom was a part of the setup the crew, so I came with my mom and, you know, we watched and made sure everything was going well. So we had a little time before all the ceremony started. So, you know, I said, let me check out. The game was 3-3 by the time I left the house. I said, let me go check out the fourth quarter, see what's going on. I turn in. I see them get the penalty for the first down. I see them get the nine yards. I see the three and one. I see the timeout. I see the awful screen pass. And I, I just question why the screen pass, but that was one of 10 bad throws that Zach threw today. And then I watched the kick return and it's just, it ripped my whole day apart. Like 
I was actually having a pretty good day today. And then I watched that kick return and I haven't been the same since. So to answer your original question, Jay, I still don't think I'm fine five hours later. I can understand that. Um, it's an ultimate kick in the balls. There's no other way around it. Um, where are we putting the Jet playoff chances? Now that you have to look down the road, you have to think about the next six to seven weeks. If you had to put a number on it, one being the least confident, 10 being the most confident, where are you putting the Jet playoff chances? And this is me being the most optimistic person. You're a very optimistic person. I would agree. Uh, I'm going six. Six is the You're going more optimistic than me. I would have put him, see, Stefan, I would have put him at an eight if they had won this game today. With a loss, I'm putting him around three or four. That's how soul-crushing a loss this is. Here's why I say six, right? Six because if you beat Chicago and you beat Detroit. That gets you to eight. That gets you to eight. I think you need 10. All right. Now, 10. You, you have need Jacksonville, to too. Jacksonville has to Jacksonville. be a win. All you right. need to so, win all three of those games. So if you win those three games, you're at nine. Now, the other three games are hard games. We just watched Minnesota get trampled by the Cowboys. We don't have Dak Prescott. Game's but we on have the road, a, though. That's the problem. We Game have on the road. Bit. It's in a dome, so it's not like we're playing in a, you know, it, it, could, it could work out well. We played Buffalo really well. I Can't don't know see if you we beat Buffalo twice. twice. I'll give you a better season. chance in a Minnesota game than the Buffalo game. You are not okay. beating Buffalo a second time. No way. Fair. No Fair. way. And I would take the season on the line in Miami. So you will sign. All right, that's good to know. And Stephane I'm okay Anderson, with it. I want this on record. Yes. You will sign right now for win and in week 18 against my Dolphins. As heart wrenching as it is, I don't think I have a choice. <laughs> I'm going to be real with you. I don't think I have a choice. I think that is our option in the first I think you point. would. It's funny. You would sign for it right now. Me, on the other hand, I do not want winning in. I want to be in going down to Florida where it's a little vacation and you guys are all stressed out. That's a, But I I'll do think in. you How guys would be in a better position. I want Week 18 winning in for division. I, yes. I'd be okay with that. Winning in for playoff? No, I'm going to be a nervous wreck, man. That'll, that'll, that'll be a problem. I can't have it. Will. It's a It's a very quiet car ride going home, but we'll, we'll figure it out. But, uh, yeah, I think that's our only option in at this point. I mean, I've been wrong, but I, I, I will say this. I was super detested after the first Patriots loss. And yes. then we go out and beat Buffalo the next week. As 13-point so underdogs. And I, I get can, that. I, and I can say I have seen weird things happen. So if you tell me that we go and beat Chicago and then we go up to Minnesota and beat them, I wouldn't be surprised. As weird as this season, we went on a five-game winning streak. Like this team, now, this team again, looked though, terrible after Week One. There is some. There is the Browns win. to play great. They did in that winning streak. If we're being fair, yeah. Wilson was out for Denver. They suck. They're not a good team. Got a break. Tua was out for the Dolphins. Won the game. Give credit. Yeah. Packers got them in a good time, but they're not any good. I know your defense is going to show up. Yeah. Like I said it. I think they're the real deal. I, I don't think they're fagazi in any way. But you're going to need to make some plays offensively if you're going to be a playoff team, Stefan. And can this yeah, quarterback do it? Right. I don't know. You're abs- I don't know, man. I, I, don't I don't know. I think it's a lot of a Belichick thing, though. Because no other, like, all right, Denver might be the only other team that, like, exposed them that way. But Denver also has a top five defense in the NFL. But it's a Belichick thing. He had Darnold seeing ghosts. The butt fumble. We remember Mark Sanchez more about the butt fumble than he went up to New England and beat Tom Brady in the playoff four-row playoff wins. Yeah. We, we, we think about that more because of what Belichick can do to these young quarterbacks. So I do think 
this is a case with Zach, but it is really bad because this is a team that we need to be. Like, if we need to make that jump and you're not there to make that jump right now, it, it's, it, you're supposed to be our franchise quarterback. It's not, it doesn't give me any hope. I'll say that. Stefan, we'll see if we have that week 18 winning in for your team. We will find uh, out over the weeks ahead, my man. We will oh find man. out. All the pain. All the uh, pain. There's going to be a lot of pain when Beningo joins us later in the week. All right, voicemail time. 917-382-1151. Uh, Stefan, let's rip a bunch. Let's go. JJ, Steve, yourself. Take a deep breath. Two, one, two. That was the... We, we just got Belichick. I, my 16-year-old cousin is ready to fucking quit the interjet band. I said, bear with me. We're, we're, we're cracking heads. Belichick. We just got Belichick right in front of us. He did it the whole time. He was scared at him. I've never been more embarrassed as a jet fan. I'd fire everyone. Fuck it. I don't really care. I've never been more depressed. Just give me Aaron Rodgers. Well, let's do it. I will fucking set all the stars that right now. Aaron Rodgers will be the New York Jets quarterback next year. And I will call in every fucking time you want to talk about it. Get him. I'm out. I'm out. I've seen enough. Aaron Rodgers, under contract. Let's go. Um, no. I can tell you that. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Aaron Rodgers is not coming to New York City to play football. No way, no how. There is a better chance Aaron Rodgers is in San Francisco or that Aaron Rodgers is in Las Vegas than it is that Aaron Rodgers is going to be quarterback of the New York Jets. You're down on Zach Wilson? Fine, you should be. It's not about your coaching staff. Your coaching staff put together a defense that held the New England Patriots to three points until that punt return at the end of the game. Three points. And I haven't been the biggest Robert Sala pom-pom waver. He's done a good job this year. It's not about the coach. The quarterback was beyond bad in this game and has given you way too many stinkers to say, yeah, he's a problem. Like, how do you not make that argument after watching this game? And not only that, the attitude after the game is beyond the alarm. It's bad enough that you can't complete a pass. To walk around, Connor Hughes just tweeted this a few minutes ago, basically thinking you're not the problem. Dude, check yourself. Check yourself. Watch a game tape, go apologize to your teammates, and realize, I got to be a lot better. Who's next? Hey, JJ. It's Julia from Phoenix. I'm from New York originally, and I'm a huge Jets fan and a fan of your show. Uh, the biggest Jets game since I'm 10 years old, and they absolutely blew it. Um, and I'm scrolling through Twitter after the game, and Zach Wilson was asked if the Jets offense feels like they let the defense down today, and he said no. Um, and I can't believe he said that. The defense had six sacks, and they continued to bail out an offense that didn't deserve it. They had no first downs in the second half. Zach Wilson had nine completions in an NFL game. And the team played with him with a play call. He makes you feel like they don't trust him, which is super concerning considering he's been on the team for one and a half years. And it, it feels like he takes one step forward in the book game and two steps backward here. The play clock management on third and one with 32 seconds left and burning a timeout. I'm just so confused on the decision-making here. They had a minute 52 to work with. And for any competent quarterback, you'd think that they'd it would be enough to lead a team down the field and hopefully get at least a field goal. Greg Zerline felt like, you know, maybe he could have made it. I don't know. I know Nick Foles was having some problems there with the wind, but 
Of course, Belichick was smart enough with the coin toss and he took the win in the fourth quarter. He's just continuously out circles, out mans, outruns his teams. It doesn't matter who's on the field for the Jets. It just feels like Bill Belichick is always going to be there to put his foot in their faces. And he did that. Um, and with three minutes left, I'm hoping that the Jets end this game in a tie. And that should never be how a fan thinks or feels about their team. But it just felt like that would have been way better than the hole that they've now landed themselves in. I don't really care about the uh, the, the blocks, you know, the block in the back during the punt run for a touchdown at the end of the game there. It just felt like it was too far gone. Um, even if they got into the overtime, I'm not even sure if the Jets could have won. Um, they could have kept the tie. The defense was fantastic. Uh, they did not deserve – the Jets' defense did not deserve to lose that game. The offense um, should walk back to Jersey, if I'm being completely honest. Anyway, uh, thanks. I love listening to your show. Uh, hope all is well. Bye. Outstanding call. Outstanding perspective. Um, I'm so glad that you're not making excuses for that block in the back. Didn't matter. First of all, it was from the side, number one. Number two, they were going to score a touchdown anyway. It, it, the returner was already 10 yards past them at that point. So I, I don't want to hear that excuse. You nailed something about the lack of accountability with Wilson. It's actually, if you go back and watch the video and listen to the quote, and I just have done it now a couple of different times, it's worse if you watch the video because you could see it in his eye. Like, how dare you ask me that sort of question? You're not accountable in this town. You're going to get chewed up and spit out. Zach Wilson's headed in that direction. Who's next? What's going on, John? This is Stuart from Brooklyn. I'm just fucking pissed off with this, uh, uh, this, uh, Giants, uh, disaster of what they, of their performance, uh, today. The, 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 the whole the whole day they played like shit. They were sleepwalking. The uh, the punter was like crap. Two missed uh, extra points by Gano. And John, what's depressing is is that these these injuries are are in, in a short week. And and John, I do have to say these coaches need uh, to to work on Tibbs. That the pass rushing is is just not there. I mean, we need to get his uh, fundamental. Uh, 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 tackling and, and his, uh, interceptions down. But my goodness, John, about how many third and longs did, uh, Wink's, uh, defense give up? And, and John, my, my confidence is, is, uh, shot coming up with this game against the, uh, the, the Cowboys. The coaching staff, you know, they need to devise a, a, come up with a plan here. I mean, I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they pull it off. But, uh, you know, just to uh, make us forget about this disaster that happened. I'm out, John. Stuart, I appreciate it. It's the first time all year you felt like the Giants looked lost. You even think about the losses they had this year. The Seattle game was competitive for basically four quarters. They didn't have enough on offense. Cowboy game was there to the end, back and forth. They ended up losing in the fourth quarter. This game, like I said, turned the minute Daniel Jones threw the interception. Detroit, boom, punched it in right midway through, end of the second quarter. Then they score again right before the end of the half. And then, boom, you look up. It's 17-6. to It's 24-6. to And the Giant defense without a Dory Jackson, that's a problem. Wink Mondale's done a great job all year. They did not have an answer for the Lions. The Lions were better than their record. The point spread told you this was going to be a tough game. But this was a clunker for the Giants. And I think 
the confidence is going to be wavering because you know that there is a talent deficiency that the Giants have in going up against these better teams in the NFC. Lions aren't even in that category. Dallas is coming up. Philadelphia is coming up. The Commanders. Commanders are playing good football. That's the fear from a giant standpoint. You could have had a little bit more wiggle room with a win today. Now that goes completely out the window. Who's next? Hey, this is Cameron from Long Island. Just watched the Jets lose in the worst way I've seen in five years. And what kills me about that game is it was right there in front of us. They got the penalty on like third down. We had it like 40 seconds ago. And we just ran the same stupid plays we were calling all game. That couldn't make a throw for his life. The running game was stopped at the line every time. And this uh, floor has really got to rethink this offense because that was abysmal play calling. And, and Zach takes a ton of the blame also. Defense showed up. They're still in this race. They're six and four. They're going to be in the hunt. But with the divisional loss to New England right there, now they're in last. They could have been in first. Absolutely brutal. And I'm going to the game next week. But uh, it's hard not to be a doomer for a Jets fan. But uh, I still believe in this team. They've had a lot of great wins. but that was absolutely horrible. I get it. It is so humbling because of the team that you played. That's a bail us you lose to anybody, but the fact that it's there again to that team again, and that it's another year in which the Jets can't find a way to beat the Patriots. It's that like hurdle that you just can't escape. And this ain't even a great Patriot team. It's a Patriot team where Mac Jones can't put the ball in the end zone. Jet defense is really good, yes, but Patriot offense is stunk all year. If you got below average quarterback play, you win this game easy today. Jets have a playoff caliber team. The quarterback is not there. And if they don't get to the playoffs this year, that to me is probably going to be the main reason. Zach Wilson, not good enough. He's got the Bears coming up Sunday. If he can't get it going against that defense, that makes everybody look good. Really, really, really sounding alarm. Last but not least, let's hear it. Hey, JJ, it's David from Brooklyn. Just a totally dejected Jets fan here. And I don't even know what to say. I was sitting there watching the game. The second half, the team comes out of the locker room. Five straight three and out. Minus six yards and two yards and seven yards. These are entire drives of offense. Minus 11 yards, zero yards. This team had 103 total yards of offense, 103 total yards, six first downs. I'm not talking about the first quarter. I'm not talking about the first half. I'm talking about the entire game, six first downs, and two of them were from penalties. And the easy person to blame here is definitely that quarterback. He played like crap. Two balls that should have been intercepted. Okay, held up his stat sheet a little bit. He still only had a quarterback creating of around 50. But the, per, the, the people I really hold accountable is the coaching staff. If you have a game plan and it's not working, if you see that Zach just doesn't have it for whatever reason, and his balls are sailing over receivers and the short passes, the layups he's not making, you can't keep going back to the same game plan. How is he still in there at the end of the fourth quarter? You have a defense that's holding the opponent to three points of total offense, six stacks, and yet they had two missed field goals. And you lose, you can't keep going back to this quarterback. You have to make adjustments. I don't know if you bring in Mike White. I don't know if you bring in the deadbeat statue who's standing there on the sideline. 
the old 40-year-old quarterback. I don't know, but you can't keep doing the same thing. You bring Zach in again, you run the same stupid check down plays on third down, second down, and then third down, he gets sacked again. He just got sacked again. And again, the same stupidity. His coaching staff, I know Joe B says this all the time, he, the, 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 uh, the the decision is out on Rob Sala whether he's a good coach. I just this offensive coaching staff just does not inspire confidence from the team, from the fans. You can't. How do you look at the defense this week when this is the uh, performance that you put out on the offense and you fail to just make adjustments? You're waiting for Bill Belichick to make a mistake. He's not making a mistake, and he's not playing for overtime. I don't understand this team. They take us to the high of the mountain with the Bills win, and then they take us to the low with something with a performance like this. So I'm totally dejected here, JJ. Hopefully you can uh, shed some light of positivity on this week. All right, later. Listen, it's tough to do. I can't find you a whole lot of positivity. When your quarterback basically couldn't complete a pass and you had two yards of offense in the second half, a lot of Jeff fans are down on Wilson. How, how can you feel like this guy, midway towards the end of his second year, is progressing to a point where you feel like you have the quarterback of the future. You, you just can't honestly sit there and say that with a straight face. Inept doesn't even begin to describe how bad he looked in this Patriots game. That's actually like being kind. And then the attitude after the game, take a hike. Do me a favor, take a hike. All right, we'll say goodbye. Some quick thoughts. It was a pretty uneventful Sunday in the NFL. We'll get to that. Trivia and uh, Jeff Money, hopefully with a winner on Monday night. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, a couple of quick NFL thoughts. Number one, the league is crazy. I mean, you look up at the AFC playoff picture, you got six and seven win teams galore. The NFC is pretty easy to figure out. The Vikings are going to win the North, even after their whooping that they took at the hands of the Dallas Cowboys. That's the NFL in a nutshell. Cowboys lose to the Packers, jucking up a 14-point lead. Their favorite at Minnesota, they win 40-3. to what a statement by the Dallas defense. Dallas just absolutely smoked them. From the minute they caused the Cousins fumble, Pollard running all over the place, just what a day for the Dallas Cowboys. And now they get the Giants on Thanksgiving. That's going to be a tough game to win. Very, very tough game to win. Um, if I had a takeaway outside of the locals, the Eagles showed a lot of fight and heart. Wasn't pretty. Fell behind early. Gutted one out against Indianapolis. I thought that was a good win for them. Buffalo fell behind early, then laid a whooping in the second half. Cleveland left so many points on the board. Cleveland should have been up in that game by like 14 to 17 points. The fact that the game was as close as it was in the first half, I felt Buffalo's going to pull away. That's exactly what they did in Detroit. And then the 4 o'clock window, that's a big win by Cincinnati. Put up 37 on the Steelers defense. They survived that Watt tip. Burrow is finding Piran and Higgins like all freaking day. The Bengals have a tough schedule. But the defense is well-coached, and Joe Burrow's a badass. They're hanging around the AFC. They are most certainly hanging, hanging, hanging around 
Um, and I rag on the Raiders all the time. That Raider Bronco game was comedy. Thank God I didn't have a cent on it. Like that was the sort of game where if I had money on the game, I- I'd be going for laps after the game. You know, that's what I would need to do. Or to get a coronary, one or the other. It's probably the worst NFL Sunday we've had of the year. Not even just from a New York perspective. Like the games today, they weren't great. We'll see what the update is on Justin Fields too early in the week. Falcons, of course, we end up pushing that one. We didn't win that one, but good day of games. Not today. We've said that a lot. Good day of games, good day of games, good day of games. Not today. Not a good day of games. Happens. But that means we're in for some madness next week. Three on Thanksgiving, full slate Sunday, Monday. It's been the year of the one-score game. Look up and down. Didn't have a lot of those today. All right. Larry, let's see if I'm ready for you, Poppy. Hit me. Yeah, Jay, Larry, here's what we got tonight. Who was the 2020 AL, AL Rookie of the Year? Second question is Spencer Strider struck out over 200 batters as a rookie. Who was the last rookie to strike out over 200 batters before Strider? I'm out. Okay. 2020 AL Rookie of the Year, I believe, was Kyle Lewis in Seattle. And I don't think he's on the team anymore. So that was uh, that was one I felt very, very good about. The last rookie to strike out 200 before Spencer Strider. How about this for a guess? You Darvish. How about that, Larry? Mm, come get some. Made up for the lack of excitement that you had on a football Sunday outside of the jet game. And Fuego. We'll see what we got for me next week. Came to play tonight. All right, Jeff Money. Four is yours. What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper picks. It'll be tomorrow for tomorrow, Monday the 20th, our NFL football game. I don't love the game, but it's Monday Night Football, so we got to pick it. I'm going to roll with the San Francisco 49ers, minus the eight, eight and a half over the Arizona Cardinals. Now, as far as the one o'clock game that just finished, uh, I don't know if getting a backdoor push with the Bills, even though the line today was seven and a half by uh, one betting it today, but as far as from the uh, circuit, it was minus eight, so a backdoor there by the Browns was a push. So I'm one, one, and one going to the four o'clock games. Again, I'm going to take the 49ers minus the eight and a half, and everyone can follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. I'll ride with you with the Niners. I'm down on Cliff Kingsbury. I'm down on the Arizona Cardinals. I'm just leery if Colt McCoy plays this game because to me, they've been spunkier when he's in as opposed to Kyler Murray. Not a great game, though. Weird vibe with the neutral side. I- I'm going to go with the team that's better here. And I know that's unbelievable analysis. That's what you guys pay to listen to. You know, top-notch analysis from yesterday. But uh, I'm not putting my money on Kingsbury covering eight points. That's a pass for me. It's Niners or-, or stay away from the game. All right, we'll be back earlier pod this week with Daniel Jones. And we'll have all Football Friday stuff early in the week before the Thanksgiving games. And then we'll have a little live reaction to the Giants and the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Tough one, New York sports fans. It's the way the cookie crumbles. Good job by Stefan. JJ out. Enjoy. We'll chat Tuesday. Be good, everybody.